Welcome to PwC's Tax Reform Readiness podcast series. This podcast is an excerpt from PwC's Tax Reform Readiness webcast series held on February 21, 2018, focusing on interim financial reporting following U.S. tax reform. The panelists for the webcast were Ken Kuykendall, PwC's Tax Services Leader, Andy Ruggles, a PwC tax partner and leader of our Tax Reporting and Strategy Group, Teresa Peacock, PwC tax partner in our tax reporting and strategy group, and Chaz Walter, a PwC tax partner focusing on our industry tax practice. This podcast excerpt consists of a discussion among the panelists on risk aspects from a financial statement and an overall reporting perspective following tax reform. All right, why don't we uh, why don't we drive into the last section here? And so, Ken, maybe I can throw this question to you, which yeah. is. Um, when you think about historical perspectives on where financial statement risk sort of has been and you think about the introduction of this legislation and, and really a brand-new tax regime, um, talk about the risk aspects to organizations from a financial statement and overall reporting perspective and maybe bring together some of what we've learned over the last decade with uh, the new wave of, of reform. Yeah, so maybe just to add – some perspectives there. As you know, I spent a lot of time in the financial reporting for taxes space previously, and I always used to come back to the fact that um, the challenges people had in financial reporting that led to errors or misstatements in some ways very rarely came down to misapplication of the accounting principles. Very rare instances. People sort of took the time, understood the accounting principles, worked through that. The attest firms worked with them to, to, to make sure from an audit perspective. But more likely what happened was the data that came up was incorrect, the data was misinterpreted, the data was incomplete, and that facilitated sort of a bad accounting decision. So now I look at reform right now and say, well, we just took what was already a very quantitative exercise of figuring out taxes, and we just tripled down on the quantitative aspects with calculations like guilty, calculations like beat, all the things we're talking about here um, which are highly dependent upon data that we've all talked about here that doesn't readily exist right now and we're going to have to create. So my initial reaction looking at that is, wow, that's going to be a challenge to try and make sure that we've got the data right. Um, and to the point we made before the year end, we've gotten some relief from a standpoint of SEC guidance. And as we start to work through quarters, there's always an opportunity for us to, to refine that interim rate. But at some point in time, we're going to get to having to put a year end rate down there and work through these calculations, which are going to require a vast degree of data sources that have the potential to create all this type of risk that we're talking about. So I look at it and say there's there are some serious challenges to be dealt with from a financial reporting standpoint as I look at what the history of how um, financial reporting risk has come into play. And, I, I mean, I think this is spot on with the webcast and what we're trying to address here. So that, yeah. that's just my background and perspective on it. Yeah, I mean, what I've seen in, when thinking about this is many people are going to ask themselves, do we need to change our internal controls and so I think that's for each organization to evaluate, but at the end what we are going to see likely is enhanced, um, whether it's execution aids or enhanced focus on some of your internal controls, especially with these new provisions. Um, you know, that's a really important element towards, you know, running and I just say mitigating risk, right, yeah. with all of this change. I think that's really key. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so we've done a really effective job here of saying there's some risk and we need to get after it. <laughs> yep. Teresa, I'm going to come to you and say, well, what do what I do, do? that <laughs> would seem to me a plan would make sense? A plan makes a lot of sense. So taking in all, we've talked about a lot of issues, and this clearly only scratches the surface. So 
um, taking and figuring out exactly what needs to be done around coming out of year end and the trips that need to happen, the forecasting Q1, all the different work streams that have to happen need to be a very well thought out plan. Who owns it? What's the timing? What are the specific things that need to happen? You'll see a couple of examples here of really digging in and saying, internal controls, how am I going to execute those differently? What data do I need? Who's meeting with IT to talk about that? Who's having the meetings with FP&A that I just discussed? Because there are a lot of moving parts. And to the first polling question, or second polling question, I think, where we went through and said, which one would you pick to choose? You have to focus on all of them at some point. You might have a priority at any given time, but quantify and catalog what needs to happen. Build out a work plan with clear ownership, clear deliverables, and then be able to track it. You see here a Power BI report. How do you actually take it and say, what's the health of that plan with all these moving parts? And there may be a priority because it really impacts your ability to control risk, and it's also fairly easy to implement. Those might go first. And then you also need to know, like, what is the level of effort so you can pace it out over the year? And then use this to now go in and say, what do I need to change and get support from outside of tax to help in executing these because you definitely need help beyond the tax group and also uh, funding, whether that's an internal spend, a technology spend, help having vendors help with blocking and tackling. Maybe they do that while you're working on the bigger tax reform. This just gives you a chance to really slice and get a strategy around all the moving parts and have a very controlled way to approach it with a way to track it as well. Well, and, you know, one of the things I was in with a client recently, and uh, it was a steering committee around dealing with some implementation of some technology. And and the issue was um, tax reform was part of that, but it was also part of a lot of change. And, and what the CFO really pushed the tax team uh, that I was working with was, what exactly is the plan? And, and I don't want just macro outputs like get the provision right. I want to break it down into pieces that we understand how we're executing because I feel better when I know exactly what the detailed steps are. I want to see, you know, whether it's 100 lines or whatever the number is, what are we doing? How are we going to get there? What are the critical dates so we know if we have an area where we need to push more resources well, or we need to ask for help? To be fair, the ones that I've seen blown out that really they quantified the state impacts, what you need to think about on a foreign side, FIN48, all these positions yeah. and quarterly and year-end, when you put all those together, they're more like six and 700 steps, at, and that's around tax reform. The other thing that you want to make sure is you don't miss any of the blocking and tackling, the things that you already had to do anyway. So how do you marry that in as well? So we're probably talking well in excess of 500 steps that were yeah. need to be executed and really thought through. And spreading that ownership, it can't all rest on the head of tax. And if you don't have this kind of work plan, that's where it sits. <laughs> well, and I just sit back to say when I feel – overwhelmed with too much to do and we all got a lot of different things right and whatever our responsibility the one thing that i think continues to make me feel better is i've got a plan to deal with some of these challenges and i think that's the challenge that i would say if you're a tax manager in an organization a vp of tax um or wherever you are knowing what the vision of that plan is and how we're going to execute it that is inherently good for morale and to be honest it gives a lot of comfort to um, other stakeholders within the organization I'm going to sweep back behind, which is there's going to be ongoing change here, and being able to wrap that into your plan, it, it's really – it sounds simplistic. It obviously takes a little bit of time. What I would say is if you're not dedicating 10% of your time to just managing all this change, you know, you run the risk of losing control of it. And so that's why we really, really harp on this because we think it's key. We've okay. spent a lot of time um, developing some tools and accelerators around this. So, you know, it's not all the answers, 
it's all about what, it's what the needs of the organization. It's a starting point to start that level of organization. And yep. the change is really important because whatever we decide is going to happen, the changes are going to make that change over time. But if you have a good footprint, you can morph that and keep it moving with you throughout the year. So, Andy, I thought you were going to tell me when you're feeling overwhelmed, you need a candy bar, okay? so <laughs> I do need that sometimes, too. <laughs> so... You guys have done a great job describing yep. the fact that you need a plan, you create a plan, you've got a plan, but guess what? To try and execute that plan, you need some funding, okay? Yep. So yep. <laughs> maybe walk through um, quickly for folks how to make that business case to try and get funding to drive some of the investments you need in an environment where there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Yeah, I think, look, and we have a, a lot of words on this slide. I'm going to focus on one line, which is you need a project strategy and implementation approach. When you can articulate, here's all the things I have to do, right? Here's where we can handle them internally within our tax team. Here's where we need help from our finance, our accounting teams, or other business partners. And here's where maybe I need a surge from external resources. When you can frame that out, that is the best approach. Um, but by the way, tax reform continues to be in the headlines. So I wouldn't say anybody has an easy business case but there's never been a more compelling case yeah. um, for this now. I would say uh, the timing is right. Um, yep. And I and I would say real quickly that the building the plan and executing the plan, it, I think are might be two different parts of the business case that you're presenting to executive management. Yeah. Because going with them with a straw man and, hey, this is going to be complicated and um, I've got this outline that I'd like to discuss with you all the things we need to do. Um, to put a business case in front of them to get budget to do some of these things that have to get done is a whole is a very different than coming with a, a 500 or 600 page work plan that in, incorporates um, what do we need from Treasury, what do we need from the controllers group that are all under the purview of the CFO, and he understands this is not just again the tax department's problem to handle in 2018, but if he has a work plan that says, oh, I see what you're saying. This is going to involve more people than just in tax, and they are all under me, so um, it is ultimately my decision. The work plan, I think, is a big part of, of the business case. It's not, yeah. just, it's not just a find and replace of 35% and insert 21%. It, it, apparently yeah, and going not. in and saying, if we did this, I could free myself up for value-added activities is not a good business case. So really a solid <laughs> really, business yes, case is really important here. Yeah. And, and I will just say back to your point, tax reform is a disruptive, transformative event for the organization. It is not black box tax and just needs to be focusing through that. With that, thank you very much for joining uh, this week's uh, episode of our Tax Reform Readiness Series. And speakers, I really appreciate you joining me for a real thoughtful dialogue on a topic that I think people really got to dig into right now. So thanks very much. Thanks. Thank you. If you would like further information about this topic, please email the participants whose email addresses can be found in the description of this episode.